Not many people got a code to live by anymore. Hey, look, look at that. Look at those assholes over there. Ordinary fucking people. I hate them. Guess who? Living large and hard. Living, 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 living large, living, living, living large and hard. Living large, living large and living, 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 living large and hard. Living large, living large and living large and living, 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 Hello, welcome to Living Large and Hard. This is going to be a series about my brushes with fame. Um, I'm not one to get all excited when I see people who are famous. I, I certainly notice them, or I wouldn't be talking about it now. And I never got super excited seeing any of them except one, and I got super excited about seeing them before I realized they were famous. But that's coming up in a couple episodes. This one is going to be sports. Um, starts out many, many moons ago when I worked at a hotel. Uh, first place I ever worked. There's a lot of shit that went on there. If you listen to Elevator Adventures 1, took place at this place. And um, I worked in the banquet department, and the Ohio State football team was there to play Michigan State, which was pretty much right next door to this place. And... This would have been the Ohio State team that had two-time Heisman Trophy winner Archie Griffith. This isn't about him. I don't. I might have seen him, but I don't recall seeing him. Who I did see was the coach Woody Hayes, uh, who, throughout his career, was known as a real a real hard ass. Back then, you could kind of get away with it, you know, as long as you were a winner, you could be a hard ass. Um, anyway, what we were doing these you know, fantastically drained, um, fit, and top of their game athletes. What were we doing? We were bringing them chocolate milk and cookies. So what we did, we had this, like, cauldron of chocolate milk that we were bringing. And um, the usual, you know, cookies with, uh, on top of napkins on top of a sheet pan. But to get that shit there, we had to go upstairs. We had to carry the thing up the stairs without dropping the chocolate milk cauldron, spilling all over. And then we had to go, and then we had to go downstairs. It was like up a level, half level, and then down a half level because uh, the football team had its own wing closed off. So there was a squadron of two, you know, two sets of us. One went upstairs, one went downstairs. I was unfortunate enough to be on the floor with Woody Hayes. Like I said, this guy was known for being a badass. He did end up in the College Football Hall of Fame. But also, not long after this happened, he punched an opposing player in the throat during a game on the sidelines. That didn't work out so well for him. Um, so, you know, we, we get the chocolate milk cauldron and the cookies. We get them up the stairs, no problem. We get down the stairs, and we're pushing it along. And then there's Woody Hayes, and he looks just like Woody Hayes. And um, hurry up, guys, hurry up, he's telling us. I'm like, oh, this guy's going to fucking hit me. 
Now this, you know, this before he actually got caught punching somebody. He was known as that kind of guy. So that was quite terrifying. Um, also, back at this hotel, I was, I didn't get hit or anything. Nothing really happened. It was just, as a 17-year-old, as a um, it was scary. Well, there's a grown man that, you know, beat up college players. So even before he got caught, we kind of knew that he did that kind of thing. So it was kind of scary. Um, I was a breakfast cook at this place also, a jack-off of many trades. And the Minnesota Golden Shower Golfers came in to play Michigan State, and they came in for breakfast. And uh, Kevin McHale was on that team, which I knew because he was a good player. And basketball was my thing way back when. And so Kevin McHale came in. He went on to play with the Celtics when they were, you know, not the first time that they were winning a lot of stuff, but the second time, Larry Bird and all that kind of stuff. But what impressed me the most about the uh, Golden Shower Gophers was that they each ate two breakfasts, which kicked my ass because I was, you know, in there by myself. I had regular customers. And then I had this basketball team, and each one's getting uh, pancakes and two eggs with meat and bacon and all that good stuff. Also, as a youth, I played against some of the Detroit Pistons. How did this happen? Well, let me tell you. Um, somehow my mother knew about this, but the Stroh's company, yes, the beer company, uh, made ice cream, as a lot of those places, breweries and stuff did during Prohibition to keep their head above water. I don't know if a lot, but a couple. The one out here, Yingling, also did the same thing. Um, so Stroh's ice cream had some of the Pistons come out to the local strip mall. And she asked if I wanted to go, and I said, of course I did. And my buddy, my best friend, AJ Jackson, he was there. And so we started chit-chatting. And um, I ended up shooting free throws against uh, their guard, their starting guard, Butch Comives, one of their guards. I don't know if he started. He wasn't that good. Anyway, he, you know, he, he did his streak, and then if I beat him whatever his streak happened to be, and I have no recollection of what it was. Might have been three, for all I fucking know. Because what it was was a basket that was cranked down in the back of a Stroh's ice cream truck, which was basically a beer truck, but they had ice cream in it. And it was refrigerated. And so he did his, and then he, I got picked, guys, because I was skinny and tall and looked like a basketball player. And came out and shot free throws against Butch Comines for a double ice cream for everybody. And uh, when I got tied with him, then on my last shot, the coach, he, he threw a shirt. And that was in the wrapper. You know, like that was another prize I was going to get and tried to throw me off, but I made it, so we got double ice cream. So we also played three-on-three three against these professional basketball players, me and AJ, and uh, this guy Jack, who was the equipment manager on our junior high team. AJ and I played, Jack was the manager. And we played against Erwin Muller. Yep, never heard of him, right? Right. Big, dorky white guy, Butch Gomives. Yeah, I don't think he started ever. He was third string guard. 
and Jimmy Walker. Now here we go. This guy, not not Dino Mike, not JJ. This is Jimmy Walker, the basketball player. He was the national scoring champion. Uh, I believe at Providence, and he was playing for the Pistons. So I was like, I'm guarding this guy. So we played three on three, and um, uh, AJ could fly. That guy could jump like nobody's business. So he guarded Muller, who was 6'9", I think. And I had uh, Jimmy Walker, who was my height, 6'3", 6, six, I think he might have been 6'4". And um, what I did when I was guarding him, I acted like I was some, remember, I'm 17, I weigh about 135 pounds. And I put my hand on his hip, like the pros, you know, hand check. And I gave it a nice squeeze. And he looked at me. <laughs> he took his elbow and smacked my hand away and spun in and, and made a shot, which, God bless him. That's what I was hoping he'd do. And there was a point that we actually, I think we only played up to like, we didn't play very far, not many, five points maybe. But anyway, there was a point where we would have actually beat these guys. And I can still recall it. Shot went up. Jack got it. He had this little, like a little bunny shot, man. He was only like five feet away. Clang, right off the rim, right back to him. Puts it up again, misses again. And, you know, we get beat by professional basketball players, which at the time was disappointing. But the fact we almost fucking beat them, that was pretty cool. And they actually, they actually had to try. Somewhat. Um... Uh, another brush with fame in the sports world was Brad Van Pelt. So he was a two-time All-American in football. He got the Maxwell Trophy for being the best in college football. He was a, was he a linebacker? Or was he a, I think he was a linebacker. He also went to five Pro Bowls. He played with the Giants. And um, what we would do when we were in high school and junior high. As we go to the field house, Jenison Field House, where the college team played, and there was another set of courts above, and we'd sneak in and go up there and play. So I was playing up there one time, there's Brad Van Pelt. Um, very, very fit man. Very muscular. Very muscular indeed. And um, I, I, Got the ball. I was, I was fairly good. Put a nice fake on him, got past him, and ended up in the air. Not because I jumped, but because he pushed me. Or maybe he just looked at me hard. Like I said, I was 6'3", probably weighed 135 pounds. And ended up flying into the mat on the wall that they keep up at the end of the court where the brick wall is. And, um, yeah, I don't know where the ball went. I just know where I went because I wasn't expecting to get there like um, that fast. I had, you know, a little extra propulsion. But lesson learned. I mean, I wasn't afraid of him, but I learned that uh, I better stay the fuck away. You know, it's like being a snake charmer. You're not afraid of the snake. You just know how close you can get. Turns out also that Fireman Bob, um, best friend back in the day, he got 
punched in the, <laughs> he got hit in the throat. I don't know if he got punched in the throat, but Van Pelt hit him in the throat. So he taught Bob a lesson too. I think a more, I don't know, it had a steeper learning curve. But interesting that he would, you know, bully high school guys when he was on his way to play pro football. But anyway, he might have been playing at that point. I don't think so, but maybe. Also, in high school, I played with some guys that went on to play the big game, college, and the bigger game, the pros. And two of those guys were the Vincents. Now, there was Sam Vincent. He was the younger of the two. And he went to Michigan State. He played at my high school. Not my high school. The high school I went to. Like his brother. And he went on to the Celtics. And like I said, he was the younger of the two. I also played with his brother, Jay, which we'll get into in a moment. But um, there was a car wash, the closest one to my place. And it was my first BMW that I had, 1979 320i. Uh, some of you listening may have gone for ter very terrifying rides in that car. Um, definitely set the paradigm for what kind of car I wanted because now I'm on my sixth BMW. But anyway, he's uh, I pull in. And I look next door, and there's this beautiful white 635 CSI. And uh, always a favorite of mine, still a favorite, 633, 635. And it's Sam Vincent. And I say, hey, I don't let on, you know, that I know him because, hey, I'm not struck by stardom. But uh, I did like his car, and I said, that's a, that's a really nice car, man. And he goes, thank you, thank you. And I go, that's a that, that, blah, blah, blah. And he, I go, yeah, I got a 79. He goes, wait a minute, you, you played with my brother, right? You played ball. I'm like, oh, yeah. He goes, man, I remember you were all right. I go, well, that's being generous. Thank you. Um, so his brother that I did play with was Jay Vincent. He was a sophomore when I was a senior. And he went on to play for a bunch of teams, Dallas, Washington. I think he played in Italy. I'm not sure. Uh, he was dubbed by this guy, Charles Carson. He, was, he called him Big Bird because this guy was... His wingspan, I mean, you know, usually, I mean, it was fucking phenomenal. You could just tell it, it just looked weird because his arms would unfold and then his hand, his fingers were long. So he just like kept on unfurling until he was about 50% wider than he should be. Uh, Charles Carson also called me Toast, which Bill Hurt still calls me, which I love because it's the only nickname I ever, well, I never had a nickname other than Toast. Actually, I have no, I had a a billion nicknames, but it's the only one I think that wasn't given to me by me, <laughs> which is pretty pathetic. Um, he called me toast because when I shoot, it's like toast in the oven. Yeah, I don't really get it either, but it's cool. I really like it. So if you want to make me happy, call me toast. Don't serve me toast. Not that big a fan. So Jay Vincent went on uh, to the national championship with Magic Johnson. They went to Michigan State in 1979. Then he went on to the pros. See him driving around town in a red Rolls Royce. I went up to his record store, which was, since we're all, you know, in the same hood, it was a short walk from where I, where I was living at my parents' house. And uh, being a music fan, I thought maybe he'd have some good stuff. It was all horrible. 
absolutely horrible. I don't know if it was just a front because he ended up doing five and a half years of federal time for fraud. So whatever he had going on, I'm not, it was some kind of mail fraud thing. So I just saw this thing on YouTube of him pimping a book that he wrote. It was two for one, some book and some other book. But the one he said he was making two million a year, but he didn't report a half million because the money was just coming in too fast or something like that. I went, that's a pretty good excuse. Didn't seem to work for the IRS, but nice try. Uh, here in Allentown, there's a, a really cool old train station that was converted to a, a bar. And when I worked at the hotel that was downtown, that's now gone, been converted into apartments, uh, we had our Christmas party there. And who should walk in but Daryl Dawkins. Now, Hoop fans will know who Daryl Dawkins is. But Daryl Dawkins, Double D, he was a, uh, he was quite a character. He was, he played for Philly. That was most of his fame, was playing for Philly. He smashed a couple backboards, like ripped them. Ripped the rim right out of the glass and shattered them. And so that's why now everybody's got breakaway rims because of good old Double D. He was also called Chocolate Thunder. And he was given that name by Stevie Wonder. Now here it's going to get, you know, we're going to get some three or four degrees of separate uh, fame here. Stevie Wonder went to the Michigan School for the Blind, which is in Lansing, Michigan, which is where all, uh, all these stories take place. And uh, the School for the Blind, where Stevie Wonder went, he would get phone calls and the phone calls occasionally would go through my mother, who was an operator for Bell Telephone for 40-some years. And she always thought that was a, a big deal. And I went, whatever, Mom. Um, so Double D was from the planet Lovetron. Like I said, he was a character. He was also here in Allentown, a coach for the Lehigh Valley Dogs, D-A-W-G-S, of the United States Basketball League. I should have been able to say United States easier than that, but let's just call it the USBL. So um, he tried to crash our party. I was sitting there, and, you know, the door opens, and in walks Daryl Dawkins. I'm like, wasn't expecting that. Um, would have been fine with me if he stayed. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that motherfucker's got some stories. Um, but no, he was politely asked to leave, which was kind of disappointing. And why do I think he had stories? Because he died here in Allentown at age 57, five years ago, uh, heart, heart failure, because he was a party boy. You know, the good stuff, the fun stuff, cocaine and all that good stuff. So I would have enjoyed like comparing notes on certain things with that guy. But alack and alas, off he went, scampered into the night. Now you may have heard me mention Magic Johnson. Um, a person that I can still say all these years later I, I dislike. Um, he, he grew up always like a school apart from where I was. We were uh, same school district, but just different schools, junior high, grade school, high school. So by the time we got to high school, 
Um, and he was a sophomore. Jay Vincent was a sophomore. I actually thought Jay Vincent was a better player. And I thought he would go farther because he did, Jay Vincent learned very, very quickly. He went from kind of a fumbling big dude into a, a really good player right, right before my eyes, right before all our, all our eyes. Um, like I said, those two teamed up and went on to win the national championship in 79. But anyway, this Magic Johnson guy, uh, they, they beat us. We only played him twice that I recall, and they beat us both times in the region. No, I don't think it was even regional, like quarterfinals or some shit to go on to the playoffs, but they beat us both times. Um, and then he went on to have this, like, it was only the 70s, but like this overhyped media thing, even back then, that was annoying. And he was just, I mean, maybe it was for real, but it never seemed for real, his personality, ever. So I just always disliked him. I mean, <laughs> there's a chain, there's all these little local chains and the one, uh, like, local 7-Eleven version that was uh, Quality Dairy in Lansing. And then he got to a, a radio commercial for Quality Dairy. My mom shops at Quality Dairy. Oh, man, I don't give a fuck. I just wish I would have, you know knocked you on your ass in the paint when I had an opportunity. But anyway. So anyway, getting back to basketball players crashing things. I was at a uh, festivity at a park in Lansing. This would have been, I can't really, you know, it gets, you really can't place a date at some point. But it, would have, it wasn't that long ago. And uh, there's Picnic Pavilion. And... I was at a, a function, a family function, not my family, because my family just didn't function, and they're all dead now anyway, so they were pretty much all dead then, so that would have been very difficult to pull off. But we're there, and we're uh, functioning in a party mode in this pavilion, and who walks in but Magic Johnson? And uh, same thing, didn't expect to see him, not in Lansing, because he lives in L.A., you know, he's, he's uh, showtime. And apparently it was his, I don't know what birthday it was. Couldn't have been, was it 60th? Might have been. Something like that, 55th, some shit. Anyway, tried to uh, bounce us, or tried to share the pavilion with our, with our large gathering. And um, was politely told, no, you got your own. Fuck off. And... Um, then this one here, this is this is really like a twisty turny, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. This is like myriad degrees of nobody really famous, <laughs> but only this is myriad degrees of the marginally famous. So anyway, show, Bo Schembechler used to be a coach with uh, under Woody Hayes. He was an assistant at Ohio State, and he went on to coach the University of Michigan, very famously very successful. I went on to have a million different jobs and uh, not being successful in any of them. But at the time that this happened, I was working for Domino's Pizza. Actually, I was pretty successful at Domino's on a, on a let's say, regional lever. Lever? Level. And, you know, it was regional corporate supervisor of the year. What do you think of that? And that's what I thought. I don't really give a fuck either. Um, so 
Sham Beckler was coach of U of M. His son, for some reason, got entangled in the Domino's world. Uh, probably, probably because the owner of Domino's Pizza at the time, Tom Monahan, was a star fucker, unlike me. He was enraptured with fame. So somehow Shem Beckler ended up, his son ended up, I don't even know what the fuck it was, like got a franchise or some, some fucking thing. Um, when I was uh, managing, before I became a supervisor, that makes sense, right? You kind of don't do it the other way around. I was a, my first store was in Jackson, Michigan. God, so slow. <laughs> it was so pitifully slow. Um, I got robbed there. Um, I think I mentioned that in some other podcast. Anyway, had bloodied, had to have stitches in my head, got hit with the butt of a knife, that kind of stuff. Also, there's the 19... $168.03. That's going to be a whole nother podcast where I was accused of stealing money I didn't steal and got fired for it. And also at that time, the woman who lived with me for three years disappeared and my appendix uh, almost blew up. So that was fun. But anyway, that was Jackson, Michigan. And at Jackson, there was one of the assistant managers and um, I called her Ducky. No idea what her real name is because she she ducked walked, which was endearing, you know, with the feet played. So anyway, there was these big corporate get-togethers every year, awards banquets, which were basically drunken bacchanalias, where we'd get kicked out of every hotel we ever went to and could never go back again the next year. So it was fun, because then we get to go somewhere new. Because um, we worked nights. So we were up all night doing all kinds of shit. I remember in... Twin Cities, I was swimming in the indoor pool in my underwear at three in the morning. Yeah, I know. Um, anyway, so Ducky, I ran into her. She was still in Jackson. And I knew that she was Shem Beckler's son's girlfriend. I'd heard that through the grapevine. But we're sitting at this big table and all this, and I'm like, yeah. You know, huh? You, me, remember for old time's sake, Ducky? What do you say? And um, not that we ever did anything, but went back to her room, um, did a little Ducky Fucky, fell asleep, and woke up to the sound of the door opening and the chain slamming in it. Because <laughs> no one ever does it once. And then some words were said, but I didn't really pay any attention to it. And then the door closes. And I thought, hmm, didn't even know I was asleep. Uh, maybe I'll be rolling out of here. So then the phone rings. I figure, why not? It's not my room, but I'll answer anyway. Hello. And it was Shem Beckler's son asking if I felt good about myself. And I said, yeah, pretty much. And then... He didn't sound too happy, but I felt pretty happy. So I got dressed and left. I uh, left the chain off when I left because, you know, there is a way to lock it with a rubber band and, and a thumbtack. So you can do that on the way out. But I didn't do that. That would have been funny, right? So he still couldn't get in. <laughs> she was passed out. Um, she wasn't passed out when we were engaged in what we were doing, by the way. So anyway, this is episode one of Brushes with Fame. And there'll be, I don't know, depends on how much I talk. 
I'll try to keep it in uh, manageable chunks. And there should be like four or five more. So thanks for listening. And from high above Route 309 in the skybox here in Allentown, Pennsylvania, let's listen to some of that traffic on the way out. Bye-bye.